On Sky Sports Radio, time to review the weekend's racing with our stable of experts. He's pretty exciting, this guy. Streeting his rivals. Who impressed? Who didn't? Forces to follow. And have a look at the time. And your calls. Welcome to Punter's Postmortem. Really starting to go through his gears. Just continues to raise the bar. Yeah, good morning and welcome to Punters Postmortem on this Monday, the 7th of November. Hopefully everyone had a great weekend and has a big week in store. It's Hunter Week, of course, we're off to Newcastle later in the week, Racing HQ on Friday. And, of course, Saturday, a big day showcasing uh, all the big racing up there in, of course, the Hunter with their million-dollar race, the Hunter. And then we're down in the Gong the following Saturday, of course, for the Gong. And looking forward to being a part of the coverage over the next couple of weeks. Before you know it, Christmas will be here. It'll be the Villiers, the Summer Carnival, and then we'll be into Magic Millions, and then we'll be into Autumn Racing before you know it, and Championships. What about uh, the weekend that was, though? We had some great racing uh, in Sydney and also in Melbourne. Our panel today is Ron Duffersey, Dean Lester, and Glenn Munsey, and we're going to get straight into that uh, very, very soon. We do have, though, Gosford on today in New South Wales. No, we don't have Gosford. We're Scone. Scone. We're not yeah. at Gosford, we're at Scone. Not far away. Oh, no, it can't well, actually is, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, a little bit. Sorry. A little bit. A couple of hours. Uh, so we're at Scone today. And, and Lismore. And Lismore. Take it away. Alrighty. And as you mentioned, Dave, Scone and Lismore, where the weather is fine at Scone. The track is a good four. The rail is out three metres from the 800 to the winning post to the remainder. Penetrometer 4.56 and there are 30 scratchings. The first race there today is at 1.50. Out of race one, take number nine, Charlie's Law, number nine. Race two, number two, Dubliner Boy. Eight, Piece of Turf. Nine, Seminara. Eleven, Smart Babe. Two, eight, nine, and eleven. To race three, take one, Desert Spring. Two, Seven Artsy. Three, Maureen's Legacy. Four, Klein. Five, Holly Road. Eight, Hoku. Nine, Leipzig. And the Emergency, 17. One, two, three, four, five, eight, nine, and 17. Race four, number three, Face Mask. Number three, from race five, number one, I'm on break. Eight, Apollo Star and the Emergency, 15. One, eight, and 15. Race six, number three, Sapphire's Sun. Four, hard to dismiss. Five, Titration. Eight, prefer to be ready. 14, Preg Hero and the Emergency 17, 3, 4, 5, 8, 14 and 17. And out of race 7, number 1, Love Me Tender, 4, Selfie Time, 9, Alibi.com, 10, Power Puff, 14, Leggy Point, Emergencies 15 and 19, 1, 4, 9, 10, 14, 15 and 19 from race 7 at Scone. Lismore, the weather is fine. The track a good three. The rail is out two and a half metres from the 950 to the 400. One and a half from the 400 to the winning post through the remainder. And there are 13 scratchings. The first race at 10 past two, take out number four, Pino Grigio. Number four, race two, number one, Merry Old Soul. Four on the mantle and eight, hoof print. One, four and eight. Race three, number seven, two better. Number seven from the fourth, number four, lighter blaze number four. Race five is clear. From race six, take out five, Paradise Island and six, another spirit, five and six. And race seven, number one, edification, four, Sinopari, seven, Metzaro, 
8, Espresso Love and the Emergency 15. 1, 4, 7, 8 and 15 day from race 7 at Lismore. Fantastic. Thank you very much for that, Tanya. So our meetings today at Scone and Lismore. Looking forward to showcasing those meetings after 10 o'clock on Racing HQ. Let's get into Punters Postmortem, though. Your call's on 13.53.53. So if you've got any questions for the panel on the weekend's racing that was, you can give us a ring. Ron Duffersey, good morning to you, mate. Yeah, good morning, Dave. How was your weekend on the punt, mate, and what did you make of it? Yeah, look, it was a fantastic day's racing across the board. That big, you know, hour and a half or so where... We had the big three in Sydney and the big three in Flemington, and it was an exciting time. There's no doubt about it, and and uh, there were six great races. So um, it was uh, Ellsberg was terrific again. She's a belt is a very good filly, and and who knows, Barber might be a very good two-year-old colt. And and uh, what about Melbourne Rock and Horse? How how good is she down the straight? And uh, Alligator and Blood and Zaki back to their strengths. Uh, taking the, the taking control of their races and giving the opposition no chance. Exactly right. Uh, Dean Lester, uh, g'day to you, mate. Uh, it was a brilliant four days, wasn't it, there, before the Flemington Carnival? Yeah, it certainly was, Dave. Good morning to you. Uh, morning, Duff. Morning, all. It, uh, it was a great four days, a great uh, Champions Day on Saturday and just showed that uh, you know, Champions Day wasn't just going to be a parade. There were going to be three contests and the contests they were. The favourites got bowled over, but... Uh, very worthy winners and uh, and terrific races. And as I say, good day to Glenn Munsey. Glenn, um, some interesting results there at uh, at Rose Hill, but Ellsberg, uh, you were right. You exactly what you said on Friday in the punters panel. This horse won't start uh, what two dollars twenty thirty what it was, and it drifted and got the chocolates. Yes. Good morning to you, Dave. Good morning to Ronnie and Dino and all the listeners. Yeah. Well, it's. Uh... It's probably one secret of trying to work things out, Dave, of what price uh, you're ex- you you want to be taking a particular horse. Uh, it's it, you know it's, it's quite simple saying I think this will win, uh, but I suppose there there is an art in saying well what price are you prepared to take a particular horse or what price do you think it will eventually get to? And I just thought you know everything set up there for Saturday with you know with being top top weight in set weight race mind you, but. Uh, top weight there, stretching out to eighteen hundred, uh, you know, the, it, it, and being two dollars thirty, it was never ever going to be a two dollar thirty chance. And um, then again, I didn't think. Well, as is the case a lot of times now, once they get a B in their bonnet, the lay one, uh, it's a matter of they just keep winding it out. But once it hit three fifty, three sixty, the putter said, "Righto, thank you very much. That's us. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna step in now." And uh, it ran, you know, around about the three thirty mark. It uh, it was a, a brilliant performance. We're talking about the five diamonds here to start with Duff, but gee, that third horse, Law of Indices, no fault of Hueys, just the gate, a victim of it. Um, geez, he's run enormous, hasn't he? Yeah, better draw. It might have been a different result. Um, he was he was wide no cover the last twelve hundred metres of the race on a hard track, where they're running course record time. So there's a lot of merit in his performance. He just can't crack it in Australia, and he's going so well, but. I suppose he's competed at the top level all the way through, and um, yeah, but he just he's just uh, didn't have any luck there on Saturday. But uh, the winner, you just one of them horses, you make your own luck, and he's been superb, Sabark. Uh, this preparation to to do what he's done without winning, you know, I think a million dollar race and two two million dollar races, he's been placed in. Mm. What do we do with a horse like Ayrton now, Duff? I think they're going to start from scratch again and treat him as a sprinter, a fourteen hundred meter horse. Um, I don't think he, he's had two goes at the 1800 now and I know we can be forgiving for his 
his last 1800 metre run where he was second up on a wet track or something in Brisbane, in the Hollandale I think it was, um, but uh, he didn't put in there on Saturday. I think it's just, let's just start, he's had his hiccups, let's start from scratch and treat him as a, um, as, as a sprinter, you know, maybe... 1500 maybe mile but uh, he looks a 1400 meter horse what do you th- do you think about that Dino yeah I think that's uh, that's fair enough I don't think he handles long preparations he had that severe illness as a four-year-old I think it has compromised his career to a degree and uh, he uh, doesn't run a longer trip uh, whether it's because of that or whatever but uh, yeah I, I, Saturday was a fact-finding mission um, got some involvement with the roller dice team and they uh, they put him there to see if he could run it, and uh, it was a good race to try and find out, and he didn't. And uh, yeah, he'll be he'll be um, you know revisiting more, staying around the fourteen hundreds and uh, and that sort of distance. We're going to open up the phone lines right now. Thirteen fifty three fifty three is that open line number if you've got a question uh, for the panel, something you spotted over the weekend or looking ahead, and already a couple of texts are coming in here on the ramp. Uh, we've got uh, Zaki Dino, um, Jamie Carr. Just controlled that race. Um, and Mawanga, there was that protest uh, where third v, fir- third v second. And, of course, Annabelle Quinella's the race. Yeah, exactly. Um, well, with regard to Zaki, it was a beautifully rated ride. But uh, a top jockey once told me the second rider controls the speed. And uh, the second rider, uh, Maximel, they just had no interest in... Uh, they were happy to sit a length off. And Zaki got into a beautiful rhythm. And that's what... Hasn't been happening with the alligator blood scenario uh, and Zaki, and uh, and he went on to win. And some of the horses from back ran some of the best sectionals of the day at the end of 2,000 metres, and there were good sprint races on. So really got away with a very easy time of it. Uh, Mawanga getting that uh, protest. He's a shocker. Was a surprise on the backup from last week, but he cut the corner and put himself in a spot. That, great ride. I thought that was the ride of the race by... D. Oliver put him into the race and uh, uh, Animo just settled that pair further back, being behind Moonga and then you know, sort of that was having to get past him and he, he ran up. He probably he probably raced a bit tired, but he still ran very good sectionals, as did on Thunderstruck. Sixth best last 200 of the meeting, but they just had way too much to do. Mm. I think there's got to be something in that as far as the way the weight race was run. You know, we could, we could cop with one of them, the big guns, yeah, uh, not not figuring in the finish, but they both didn't, and they were both back. So the, the, there's got to be something in that, the, the shape of that race that didn't suit. Oh, I don't think there's any doubt, and, and yeah. you know, he, he, he had a he had a very good ally for the first 1200 metres, uh, Zaki, but Maximel was keen early and then sat a length off and just happy to sit a length off. Didn't even try, just didn't creep forward and edge into the race. So it was, it just wasn't, uh, it, uh, it, it was certainly advantage Zaki from that point on. You could tell watching the race that it was, you know, his to lose really. And, and Duff, what do we do with Animo? Obviously spelling now, but he's done his job. Um, do you think he raced a little bit flat on Saturday? No, no I don't, because of that situation. Yeah. Like if, if I'm Thunderstruck would have went running past him, I would have said yes. Uh, but uh, I'll just look. I haven't pulled the, the race apart or anything, but I'm sure Dean, Dean's explained it pretty well yeah. there. And uh, it was just not not his race as far as um, like he had an inside draw. I would have expected bang. Let's be confident again and ride him how we've been riding him in the first four. And it just he just got one one or two pairs too far back 
for my liking, but Jesus, I, I don't want to be. I'm not going to be anime bashing after winning four Group Ones in a row. No, no. And the other thing is, stuff talking about the structure of the race in the first, the first twelve hundred meters. If you take the matriarch, the race won by a tissue. Hmm. They went. They went through the first twelve hundred about fourteen lengths quicker than the champion stakes. Now, well, there you go. Group, they're group two, group three mares. I That's mean, right. the elite. You'd hope the elite. I mean, it is a race and it is tactics, but they went so steady. Mm. Yeah. Uh, just on it, on. Uh, we've spoken about this before, but Dino, why do you think they went as steady as, as they did? Is that because every jock just seemed comfortable with with how the map was, how they're Horses with position because we do find in some of these big races that, um, especially over a little bit of a trip, that no one wants to to do anything to either a annoy others or it just seems, yeah, it sometimes seems. And, when, and as watching it as punters, we're thinking, oh, hang on, okay, they just they're walking here, they're going quite slow. But there's some world class riders in that. Why didn't someone make a move? Or well, they just couldn't. Uh, I don't don't know. I mean, I I certainly think that uh, it was an interesting dynamic early in the race with uh, if Animo had tried to push forward, I'm sure that uh, the others weren't going to let that happen. So maybe that's why he took his medicine. Had he kicked up underneath Mawunga early, would he have fired up? I don't know. But it was, this is, I think this week, uh, probably the Oaks and this race, the races that have been run slowly, the rest have been really good. Contest, the Derby, the Cup, uh, the, the Sprint was, you know, they're all good high pressure contests. Um, the Ride on Alligator Blood, outstanding. So, you know, th- they were great contests, but uh, that race certainly early, uh, the, the speed wasn't there. Mm. Uh, the problem was, the problem was that we had one bully in the race, and in the lead ups, we've had two bullies. Mm. You know, we've had the Underwood, the Caulfield Stakes, the Cox Plate, we've had, uh, we've had. Zaki and Alligator Blood in those races. So we've had two bullies in the race and that, that just force a bit of an issue. And we didn't, a lot, well, a lot of people didn't realise that, that, they, that they weren't there against each other. So they, they, you concede, you say, oh, well, I'm not going to go and eyeball a horse like Zaki. You know, where am I going to finish? And they're riding for three million. Um, it just, it was just, a, it was a dead set bluff and bully uh, that uh, Zaki played to his strengths and the others were, well, trying to ride their races. Has he stamped himself now, Zaki, as a bit of a control freak to show his absolute best? Well, well, I think he's always been that. But, yeah, uh, yeah he, he, and they've always said he needs the rail and he had all of those sort of attributes on Saturday. But, yeah, once he got that, the first half set up well. And that's not to say in the past he hasn't been able to set it up himself. I think as he's got older, he just needs that... You know, just that little bit of an easier first section, and then then he can go and do his thing like he did on Saturday. Because he's he's a fantastic horse. I'm not taking anything away from him in that regard. But Saturday set up very well for him. We've got our first first caller on the line. Scott's on the line. Morning, Scott. Good morning. How are you, Dave? Good, mate. Um, just like uh, doing a bit of a question. Um, what do you think of Mwanga for Melbourne Cup sort of uh, over two mile? His breeding suggests, and he does finish off races fairly well. I think he probably topped himself out on the weekend, but do you think that that's a possibility for next year? Oh, I don't know as a stallion if he'll go down that path, but, um, yeah, it's not, you know, he he relaxes and he, he could probably run a trip. I, I mean, we're, we're sort of... Duff even questioning him into strong 2000 not long ago, but he's he's got stronger and he's got better. 
Um, I'm sort of with the Sabah Bills more at 2,000 than further, but uh, he, I think he might have a go to BMW in the autumn maybe, Ron? Yeah, look, it all depends what they're thinking. Like, they bought him as a stallion. Um, uh, so I think New Haven bought into him. He's in their mm. colours now. So I don't think they'd be uh, aiming at any Melbourne Cups. No. Uh, can we get a price of Chris Waller winning the Melbourne Cup next year? Um, well, if, if you want to play with back your the novelties? horses that he's got at the moment, um, mm. yeah, he's got a couple of handy ones. That's right. He's looking strong. What did you make of him, South Dino? Uh, yeah, he's a Sulcum. he's a really nice Sulcum. He's a really nice uh, horse. He's not a uh, he's not a uh, staying looking horse. He's a he's quite a neat, compact, uh, thick set sort of horse. Uh, he blew up over the back after the race. I think there's a lot of improvement there. It was uh, he sprinted down really well. Uh, he beat our second tier stayers. Like those second tier stayers, which is mm. what you have to do, and uh, so it puts him in the Francesco Gardi sort of category at this stage, mm. and with probably a lot of improvement to come. Gee, they, they can find a horse this crew, can't they, Dino? These colours. Uh, yeah, they, they they can. They they, they shoot pretty well. They mm. they have a few they have a few shots, but they are they are very good at it, and uh, the, the, they're ending at the top end of the market. We certainly are. Uh, Bob's on the line. Morning, Bob. Good morning, fellas. How are you? Very good, mate. Just a quick question. Mark de Montfort. Uh, I noticed suddenly there is no horses listed as being trained by him. Is he retired? I don't know. I can't. Uh, I'm not not sure. Yeah, Someone out there will be listening. Uh, yeah. Have you heard anything on the grapevine? Well, he, a number. Well, he was Lunch. working for Racing New South Wales in a similar type position that Corey Brown's got mentoring the apprentices but that was a couple of years ago uh, and he was still pottering around with a few horses but I must admit I've noticed he hasn't had a runner uh, mm. and even I think you'll find a, a runner well some owners that he had uh, ran for a different trainer the other day because the, the colours that they carried but uh, uh, I, I don't know I haven't haven't seen him playing golf either okay all right we'll keep an eye out for you Bob I'm sure someone will Hear that and text in to let us know what's happening with Mark. We've got Wayne on the line. Morning, Wayne. Hey, boys. What's on your mind, mate? Oh, wasn't it good to see Ice Bath Tom Melbourne win the group one? Yeah, that was uh, that was last what's Saturday, Saturday just gone. Yeah. Good, good, Not just gone, but good, the Saturday before. Agreed that I think the horse should have won. Um, he it, it looked like a really tricky map for him, and ultimately end up on the back of the astrologist. And by the time he got to the run, came on the back of Nature Strip. And when you see the overhead, when he moved inwards, the horse overreacted. I think if he'd have gone neat into that run, he'd have won. But uh, he just over you know a bit of inexperience, maybe. He's still only having his sixth start. I agree, and he showed that the Everest was no fluke. He's uh, He's right up there, and uh, he's going to be a good horse for a long time because he's a gelding, and we'll see him for a long time to come. Yeah, I thought he ticked more than a box on Saturday. I'd, you know, I'd love to see him put two together, and he did. Uh, so he's exciting. Uh, he's excited yeah. for the future. Yeah. Beautiful. We've got uh, a couple of callers coming in here. Um, a text on the text line. Let's talk about um, that win of uh, Rock and Horse, Dino, down the straight. Uh, Jamie Mott gets another group one, and um, we're all honours with the winner. 
All honours with the winner. She came off the bit very early. She was doing it tough and uh, on the line. She was the toughest of them all. Uh, and uh, that's the second time she's done that uh, in a feature race down the straight at Flemington, winning a new market and, and uh, winning, of course, on Saturday. She's run close up to Private Eye. She's run close up to Baller, who she beat on Saturday. He ran well in running third. Uh, what was it? Ten horses within about a length and a half of each other. Uh, it was more like the 100-metre sprint at the Olympics than the uh, than anything else, and it, it certainly wasn't just a a uh, parade for Nature Strip. It was a race on, and it's a very fine line with him. I mean, we've seen him 41 times, so we've got the information about him. If he gets it wrong between the 8 and the 600, he's vulnerable, and on Saturday, he just went too quick from the 8 to the 600, and whether that's because he's a Aurora and he's got breathing issues or just his makeup. He on Saturday just accelerated too quickly from the eight to the six, and it leaves him empty late. He was very brave, but uh, Rock and Horse was able to, to get him late. What did you make of the um, the champion sprint, Duff? Yep, look, uh, she's just a she's just a bomb down the straight, isn't she? And isn't he a big time performer, Mike Moroni? He, when you get these long shots in these big races, and they they just exceed. They, they they run their run to their best. There's no doubt about it. But she's a look. Everyone has it a big upset. I think most. If you look at most people's tips, they had, she was pretty well locked into third tip there, mm-hmm. and uh, in in the tips because of her profile. Um, just that she had to run into the two big two, the big two, and all of a sudden you're getting twenty to one, and they. And they both didn't. Uh, well, they, they both didn't win, and she was less there to pounce. It's, it's as uh, simple as that. She's a was no huge upset because she's a she's you know she's a new market winner, and that new market form pretty well stood up with Levante running fourth again there. So that uh, that's stronger form than what we think. All right, uh, we've got uh, Jim on the line. G'day, Jim. Oh yeah, I just that uh, Mark the Monford thing. Mm. He's uh, re- semi-retired now. He's got a health problem, and uh, yeah, so he's retired. He, he semi-retired. I think he's handing his license back in. And also, tell Glenn Munsey he's still playing golf. He won the Bardwell Valley Cup on Saturday, and he shot two over off the stick. Oh, he's back playing at home, eh? So he's giving all those people at Liverpool and. Uh... Brighton Lakeside and Bankstown chance to recoup their, uh, not recoup their money. So, of course, well, Mark's house is alongside Bardwell Valley Golf Course. And that's where... He said that he was hoping to play with you again if he could learn to putt a bit better. Oh, yes. Well, the day I learned to putt better uh, could be the world could end. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's uh, what he said too, Glenn. Yes, so, yes. Yeah. Yeah, he knows me too well. Thank you, Jim. Thanks for your call. Just an update, too, on someone else that uh, we have on the, the wireless, or we have had on the wireless here on Sky Sports Radio. A lot of people are asking about Jock Logley, and obviously timely this week with what's happening with the Hunter. Now, without going into it all, uh, Jock's obviously been crook at the moment. He's uh, going through some battles. He's still working, obviously, and doing the clocking for Chris Lees, but everything else is sort of cutting back a bit. Uh, and he'll be doing some chemo and some whatnot uh, over the next couple of weeks. Um, so... He uh, had, a, had a bit of a yarn to him uh, late last week, and he's in good spirits, Jock. He's got uh, a beautiful wife there in Lindsay, who's, uh, I think, revving him up and getting into him. So, and he's still, but the main thing is he's still around the racetrack out there at, uh, at Newcastle. But, uh, yeah, he probably won't be on Sky Sports Radio for a little while. We might try and get him on Friday. I'll try and coast him into coming on Friday for uh, 
to chat about the Hunter because he loves talking about Newcastle. But in terms of his regular segment, just while he's got those sort of health battles, we're going to let him uh, sort that out and focus on that. And all our thoughts are with you, Jock. Don't worry about that. Um, a bit of news too, uh, boys, on William Pike. So he's going back home. And, he, you know, we heard from William saying, no, no, I might go back, but... I might not go back permanently, but that looks like the case now. Back to Perth and, and might stay there and try and dominate again, Duff. I didn't uh, hear that one. Uh, yeah, much, so I the, knew it, it. it came out on, on Twitter. The, the Western Australian are basically reporting that Pikey's returning home for the first time uh, since heading east to avoid the, the vaccination mandates, and the move is expected to be permanent. Uh, that's coming out of the West uh, late last night. Yeah, interesting. Um yeah, he, he burst on the scene. He's a hard worker. He's been he's had a little bit of a quiet month, um, but he, he certainly got the job done there on She's yeah. a Belter on Saturday. Yeah. Nowhere near as quiet as his old boss over there in the West. <laughs> yeah, well, that yeah, we, we're used to seeing those Cerises, aren't we, Muns? And I think that uh, that little trick has, has dropped off for the moment. Um, now, in terms of with Dean on the line, good day, Dean. Yeah, good day, boys. How are you? Very good, mate. What's on your mind, Dean? Hello, Dean. Yeah, can you hear me? I've got you, mate. I've got you now loud and clear. Yeah. Uh, first time calling. Um, just a couple of, couple of things. What do you think of the, um, the so-called um, British Cup um, winner, uh, Flightline? Um, rated the best horse in the world, but uh, only six runs. Um, yeah, and the ride on um, of Huey Bowman on Barber. Well, the, the Breeders' Cup winner is a superstar, but he's uh, what's the last we'll see of him? He's been retired to stud flight line, and so a short little career, but a, an explosive one at yeah. that. And uh, well, uh, Bowman's experience on Barber speaks for itself. You know, when you've got a a two-year-old that misses the start from a wide barrier, he just went to Plan B and um, and weaved his way into the clear at the right time and. Very hard to do on a hard track at Rose Hill at eleven hundred. Come from last, and that's exactly what he did. So, feather in his cap. Yeah, it was a big win, wasn't it? Uh, just on that um, Breeders' Cup winner. Look, I know obviously he's off the stud and whatnot, but gee, to hear what those jockeys had to say after the race. I know that uh, you know the the American commentators can can talk it up. They call it the World Championships of Racing and all this and that. But to hear a bloke like Mike Smith say this horse is in a what a secretariat. Um, bracket and the fact that uh, they were going that fast and this horse just goes straight past I mean seeing is believing isn't it Duff? Oh no doubt you know I'm not gonna um, I'm no American form expert but to the, to the eye he's a he's a proper horse and uh, yeah he's a it's a shame we don't see him much more we, we won't see him again on the track. We're going to take a quick break. It's 9.30 on Sky Sports Radio. Keep the text coming in uh, on 0419 767 the, uh, the, the open line number is 135353. So if you want to give us a call, you can uh, get involved with the conversation. When we return, we're going to talk about the Champions Mile and Alligator Bluff. This is Punter's Postmortem on Sky Sports Radio. Yeah, 9.32, you're with Ron Doversey, Dean Lester and Glenn Munsey on Punters Postmortem this morning and we're taking your calls on 13.53.53. We're going to chat now about the Kennedy Champions Mile here. I'll come to you here first, Dino. And you mentioned before when we were discussing these races, a brilliant ride, Tim Clark does it again and he was pretty happy about it after the win of Alligator Blood. 
He should be, uh, because this was the perfectly constructed ride. Uh, watching it in the moment, you thought that. Then you then you break it down and see what he actually did. It was just, uh, that's just being a, a really good, skilled tradesman at what he does. Uh, he used all of his energy to break them up. His last 200 was uh, fairly plain by the, the rest of the race's standards, but he'd won his race before then. Tuvalu chased hard. Mr. Brightside raced really well. It was an on-paces race because they got the pace so right. Aegon was terrific, and Cascadian came hard to the outside fence. I haven't seen that since a horse called Knight of Avon won the Winter Championship about 30-odd years ago. So uh, James McDonald trying something there. He was on the outside of them anyway, so he had a, a crack at uh, no, Alligator Blood. Just, bu- just a beautifully executed ride, and uh, what a tough horse. What a beauty. Uh, three Group 1 wins in the past six months. Uh, just uh, shows his talent and toughness. An extraordinary stuff. But uh, we've seen him do this plenty of times in Sydney and on the uh, on the world stage, uh, Tim Clark, uh, Duff. But, um, gee, it's good to see him do that on such a big day. Yeah, well, that's just typical, isn't it? Typical Clark. We're, we're used to it in Sydney. And it's more, more so Clark Waterhouse spot because that's their style and that's how they train them. And, and he just goes out hard enough to be left alone, gets his little 400-metre rest, and he's off again and, and gets them off their bit. So he, he's just a master at it. There's no doubt about it. And just dry track, back to a mile, and uh, play to his strengths. And uh, he is a beauty. So he's, he's, he's so adaptable and, and, and such a good horse. What about um, the Beaten Brigade? Um, Private Eye, Dino. Um, what do we do with Private Eye? We make him back into a sprinter, I think, uh, Dave. I think he maybe the seven-day back up and coming off really fast races. He was just a bit keen and didn't pace himself like the miler he was, say, 12 months ago. He did run into McKinnon Stakes 12 months ago, but uh, maybe his future is going to be as an elite sprinter in races like the TJ and, and maybe first up in a new market because he handled the straight so well. Yeah, he just raced like a sprinter the whole way. It's not like yep. him. Uh, you know, no. you go back to his Stradbroke and, and whatever, you, you yeah. can flat out get him going. Um, but he's, he's, tra- he's, since he's been trained, yeah, he's just, since he's been trained like a sprinter, he's, he's racing like one. And yeah, so, so Joe's got a bit of thinking to do for the autumn, but if he can sprint like he was sprinting in his uh, first three runs back from a spell, next preparation, um, I think there's no reason to change anything with all the money around for these types of horses. But if he comes back and shows like he wants to run a mile, you could train him like a miler. So I'll we'll leave that to Joe. But he just raced. You knew after 300 metres that he couldn't win uh, because of the way he was trucking. It's not him. Um, uh, Dave, I've got a bit of indulgence here. I want to ask yep. Dean about a, a horse there Saturday. Well, the biggest go of the carnival was a tissue. Uh, and yeah. went up $10 in the all-in market and ran $2.50 in that race on Saturday and was still $3.40 chance in the morning. But the horse I want to ask you about, Dean, only because she's one of mine mm-hmm. and uh, Steinem. Um, is she on track for the summoned in three weeks' time at Sandown? She hasn't run a race since she won that, but it was significant, I thought, on Saturday, her best run when she got back on top of the ground. Yeah, she's an interesting one there, Munza. I certainly think top of the ground, but they've had a lot of trouble with her feet. I know that, and... Uh... She's been hard work for them to get us sound. She let go well on Saturday because they went at a, as I said, a breakneck speed. They went at like Cox Plate speed in this race. And she was right on that speed. She was the only one of the speed horses to figure in the placings. Um, 
I don't know if she dropped back to the mile or summoned or um, I don't know. Have you got a good 2,000 metre race up there coming up? Uh, I, I think now they've got her out to 2,000, she's run well. I thought she might back up in the Ballarat Cup in two weeks' time. Um, 2,000 metres, it's half a million dollars. It's it's one of the home tracks of Ma Eustace, so I thought she might be on track towards the Ballarat Cup. Yeah, so gonna... she's nom for the Summer Cup here, which is probably stretching it a bit far. Yeah, we've got a two, uh, two million dollar Ingham coming up. Um, whether she'd get down the weights there, uh, don't know. Mm. Yeah, but she, um, she was very good Saturday. That's, yeah, I, that day. Yeah, just... That was the turning point for her, for sure. Mm. Right. Yeah. We've got a call on the line, Bob. G'day, Bob. Hi, mate. That is a question for Glenn. Yes, Bob. Uh, Quaddies are, are worked out by the pools, but the trebles worked out by an all-up bet? No, trebles are a separate pool again. Exactly oh. the same as quaddies, mm. doubles. It's a paramutual product. So the dividend is determined by the total pool, less the taxes, and then divided by the number of winning combinations. Oh, good. Thanks, Lynn. Thank you. Mate, anytime. Thanks, you, mate, you, you, you can ring any time you like, Bob. You're very easy to please. Um, let's get and it was to... a paramutual question, yes. too. Yes, I know. Yeah. Oh, I, had, I had a customer on Saturday who was very <laughs> upset uh, in the paramutual product regarding, Dean, you're not going to believe this, regarding substitutes. Substitutes, really? Yes, mm. yes. He was, he was quite, uh, well, I, I wouldn't say testy, uh, but he was, you, you know, he, he was um, simmering without actually being boiling uh, with the, right. the different uh, substitutes. A, it was the early quaddy. Magic uh, early quaddy, was, was it? Oh, sorry. Yeah, it was yeah. the magic time. Oh, was, was this at the races? Were you a, uh, was, uh, was this Dave, a live interview? How never good. Never stop, Dave. Never stop. Always there for the people. Gee, it wasn't, it's people. not like the footy show. It wasn't one of those setups. Duff didn't set you up, did he? Didn't get someone, pay someone 50 to come over and annoy you. It no, might have been no. me. <laughs> <laughs> well, magic time. Uh, there was a scratching in race three, and my, I looked at. I was looking at the tab app, and oh, yeah, magic, magic times. This the substitute eight dollar fifty. Chess, oh, beauty! I didn't have it. Then your Melbourne Cody, they didn't have it. It was ten, was one oh. cent, one cent difference or something. <laughs> oh, that's gold. Um, now, boys, a uh, text here about Barber. Obviously, just the way this race was r- r- run and won. Um, Pikey might have been keen to get to Perth straight away. He was going, they were going very quick uh, up front, weren't they? Uh, they were, which you'd expect with these, you know, and towy two-year-olds that are very inexperienced. I must say, a lot of them were very green. Um, yeah, look, he, he was just, he was just brutal, really, uh, considering circumstances. The infatuation was good after probably getting a little lost when he hit the front. And I thought Summer Lovin was good, so she. She could uh, easily um, improve off that. There's a big rap on that. Mahaba was very green. He was. He didn't know how to flatten out, so he's obviously got talent. So we're not going to know much about these um, these two-year-olds uh, until they come back. But I think you can rubber stamp Barbara. Barbara's pretty good. With keep your eye on a couple others when they when they hit their next start. Um, Munns, just on on this, um, Barber was always in the market, wasn't he? We mentioned it on the um, we mentioned on the panel on Friday, didn't we? Yeah, Dave. It was uh, it was a wide betting race. Um, the, he was sort of he was a five dollar chance. Then when he got to as much as six fifty on Saturday, but got back into five dollars at the death. There, it was always looking to be a race where it was going to run five dollars the field. 
anyway, um, and and a, a pretty good betting race as well. There was money for quite a few runners in the race, and uh, uh, you know it was just where where you're going to be in the barber camp when you said you know the race the other day, the Kirk and Plate there one two three was sort of fence in run the whole the whole way, and and Barber came up with barrier sixteen before the scratchings on Saturday, but and then he missed the kick. But you know the thing about it, the the, the top quality jockeys, the last thing Huey wanted to do was panic. <laughs> And he just, you know, flopped him out there, you know, got across, got across behind them and just picked his way through the field. And he ducked out a little bit when they straightened for home, but he, he was just too good at the finish. But, um, you know, it looked a very, very evenly matched race on paper. Infatuation was an improved run. It never got a great deal of room in the Kirk and Plate uh, the first day. I thought Flying Trapeze improved enormously, ridden a lot quieter on Saturday. Uh, I thought Summer Loving, the first starter, uh, didn't really know what had hit it after they went 100 metres. A bit different from a three-horse trial when you're ambling around there, but uh, in a race, and I thought it, its last 100 metres or last 200 metres was very, very good. As Ronnie said, Mahaba was green. Razors was most disappointing. I thought he was the horse to come on out of that Kirkham plate the other day. And Misty Legend, she would have slept well on Saturday night. Yeah, exactly right. He, sorry, he he would have slept well. Yeah, I think uh, yeah, I think uh, he's better than that, Misty Legend. Don't know if that was the plan to be upside. This is a good type. Yeah, good type. I don't know if it was the plan to be up outside the lead, going that quick. Uh, let's get to Simon. G'day, Simon. Yeah, hey, guys, fellas. What's on your mind, mate? Um, I was just wondering. A question for whoever's concerned. The track conditions on Saturday in Melbourne. Do you think they had anything to do? With the Nature Strip, Animo and company getting rolled? Oh, uh, no, I wouldn't have thought so. But you've, you've got a thought about that? All the way through, and then all of a sudden they hit a good four, good three, and they just don't quite perform up to what they have been, that's all. Yeah, um... The other horses have had the same conditions. I, I don't know. Animo's been very effective on the dry in the past. Nature Strip the same. I, I, I couldn't uh, duff anything. Hello, Duff. You there, mate? Yep. It's not as if they were running records all day. No. Uh, so, uh, yeah, we, we can't come back and say that bit. I'm, I'm just putting it down to run-of-the-race stuff with the um, with, that, with Animo. And, um, yeah, and my nature strippy. Like he was beaten. Simple as fact. He was beaten. He runs second, and that's racing. It happens. Beautiful. Thanks. Thanks, Simon. Shane's on the line now. G'day, Shane. Hi, mate. Um, I was just going to ask Dino. I was on Lofty Strike at um, 88s in the Blue Diamond, at being out of a slipper in or overreach. I was just um, wondering what uh, Dino got. I thought it had to race one there at one stage. And one for Duff. Um, a mag- magic there is. Nine-year-old picked up his thirty-fourth check, winning the Warren Cup yesterday. Yeah, I saw that. What a ripper horse he is! I think the stable trifected that race. Yeah, eight dollars too. Thank you very yeah. much. Yeah, no, he's a good horse, and I, I reckon he's a good horse too. Uh, Dino Lofty Strike. I reckon he's a talented horse. Yeah, there's a group group one for him for sure. I mean, he he had the problem after, you know, that prevented him from the Blue Diamond and. He's gone straight in, run the blue sapphire, then straight into the Coolmore, backs up Saturday. So he's been in the deep end. He'll be very match hardened come the autumn, and he'll have uh, 52 kilos in an Oakley plate or a Newmarket. You'd think there's a big chance he'll pick off one of those big sprints in the autumn with no weight. Mm. Because they didn't like his formation. 140k for a son of a slipper winner. 
Now I did find that they did find a problem. They did that there, there was a problem uh, of a stress fracture further on. So uh, it might have been painful at the time, but they might have done them a lot of uh, a, a lot of a good service long term. All right, thanks, Peter. Thanks for your call, uh, Shane. Um, we're going to talk about uh, another race here in Melbourne. Um, guys, wanting to know your thoughts on the Queen's uh, Queen's Cup, which we actually we spoke about before the Queen's Cup. But the the winner of the first, Dino here. A couple of texts. You asked Dino about the winner of the first, French Emperor. Yeah, um, going well. Uh, restricted race. Uh, they've worked out what he is. He's a miler. He he got a very fast speed here. If he if they'd gone any slower, he probably would have over raced and. Uh, that's the key to him. He's just got to settle, and they're winning the battle with him. And he's won his last three, uh, but uh, yeah, he, he can keep racing through the grades. I don't think the Price Kent Stable won this race last year with our Playboy backed him up seven days later in the Cranbourne Cup. I don't think they'll do the same with this horse. He gets a bit revvy, and I think they'll just space his runs. All right, uh, and broke his maiden at Goulburn. Yeah, he did, hmm. and then went uh, in a. Uh, three-year-old race at Rose Hill and over-raced very, very badly. David Payne had him up here. And, yeah, and yeah. David had a wrap on him. Uh, yeah. and, and, and it just might have been, he's, you know, send him to Melbourne. He might be more comfortable the Melbourne way of going, but he's definitely proven that. I think the owner wanted to get him to Melbourne. Yeah. I, I made the... Dis- I'm, I asked a silly question today one day about it, and we got, well, uh, we got stuck on that. Um, <laughs> what about I Am Me, Duff? This was impressive, and you just knew when she was walking around that parade ring that she was ready to go first up, wasn't she? I reckon, I don't know whether she was wound right up. I, I reckon she's stakes grade for sure. Um, I know it's only a fillies and mares, and it didn't look at, have a lot of guts to it, 78. But she, she, she's a, a real little sleeper, this this filly or mare. Um, to do what she did uh, last preparation, I think she won a Canberra Maiden and then she won a Ballarat Class 1 and then she, I think she won down the straight at Flemington and then, and they were all by big margins and she only had one... So- and then she went to that Denise's Joy, actually, and she started favourite in that Denise's Joy at Scone um, and then she was beaten on a wet track at 1,200. So I... I think she, I love the way she relaxed and sprinted and looked and how strong she looked. And I think she's come back a, a very, very sharp mare. And if she can tick off, if she can tick off a 1200 metre box, um, I think she is, I think she's very, very talented. Okay. All right. Um, what did you make of her, Munns? Oh, Dave, she just posied up right in the run. I was actually at Canberra the day she won the maiden. That was Black Opal Day or might have been the Monday. It was one of the two. Anyway, the lickety split, it was called. Uh, yeah. She'd come off, you know, easy trial wins there um, and, you know, was never out of second gear on that day and it was interesting to note. Well, she did start, you know, on the back of the maiden, win the Class 1 win and then the benchmark 78. She started favourite in a listed race at a fourth run in to Zapoteo at Scone. So, you know, the, the raps have been there for a while on her. They certainly have. Um, also, too, just a couple of comments here about either or in the first. Uh, it's a funny old game racing, isn't it? And uh, that was brilliant to see uh, Ross McConville get the midway. And I think Gwenda was looking down again, Duff. And I think that uh, you'll find that funeral is uh, tomorrow, tomorrow afternoon. At midday. at midday. There you go. Yeah. Midday at Kebler Grange Racecourse. Yeah, look, she's just a good, tough, honest midway performer. She's got great style where she can take up a position. She took the lead and, and showed good fight for a very fit mare. The saddle, they were lucky. The saddle went right back on her. 
um, and uh, they were lucky to get away with that. Uh, the shuttle come back one more inch, they would have been in a bit of trouble. But um, yeah, your typical midway. I thought Danish Prince, in retrospect, was unlucky. He was wide and back in distance. And I'm still convinced those two stable mates are going to win one of these midways, uh, Astero and Cool Lad. Boys, we, we talk about uh, racing as well and, and some of the amazing things that happens. Uh, no doubt on social media, plenty of people have seen that NBC Sport video that's floating around. Um, and it's in relation to yesterday's Breeders' Cup winner, Cody's Wish. Uh, young boy, I suggest to everyone, um, go out and, and watch it. It's, uh, it's an extraordinary piece they put together. I think it's... It'll take 10 minutes of your life, but I suggest you watch it. Um, but to Cody Dorman was a 16-year-old. He's a 16-year-old boy over there and um, suffers from Wolf-Hishkorn syndrome. I'm not sure if I'm correctly pronouncing that, but um, he's got a disability. Uh, he's been through some tough stuff uh, as a youngster, and one of his um, dreams, he loves horses, was to go to on, a, on a bit of a tour, and they took him to Godolphin there in Keeneland, and uh, they had this young yearling. They uh, produced this yearling and there was a special bond created and then they, he hadn't seen that yearling for a number of uh, uh, years due to COVID. Went back, that same horse knew exactly who he was, put his head down in Cody's lap um, and uh, then the story goes on uh, that this horse has now won what the Breeders' Cup uh, dirt mile. So it's an extraordinary little piece. I suggest everyone get on Twitter and have a look. I retweeted yesterday, but it wouldn't be too hard to find. Just type in Cody's Wish on Twitter or on your socials. Uh, boys, I'm not sure if you, any of you three have seen it, um, but it's very well done by the NBC. And just another little way in which our sport, I mean, we all know the good stories come out of our sport, but just another little really nice piece that I think is quite special. Yeah, I'll go and have a look at it. Go and have a, go and have a squeeze. We'll take another break. We've got the horses to follow coming up shortly on Punters Postmortem. You're listening to Sky Sports Radio and Punters Postmortem. You've got Glenn Munsey, Dean Lester, and uh, also Ron Doversy joining you this morning on uh, Punners Postmortem. And uh, a couple of texts flying in here, Duff, in relation to the winner of the last there in Sydney on Saturday. Short shorts. Um, obviously, a couple of questions, too, about the track. If uh, people are doing their notes for the meeting, was it advantageous to be up on the speed late in the day? Uh, yep, late in the day, yes. It really, really dried out late uh, with the weather. Uh, we had a hot day and wind. And it was fine for the first six or six or so races, but when we got to those last couple, and uh, I think that's evident with the last winner, who on form you could have given a place chance to, but once we got to the last, I think when she when she looked the leader, I think she was quite solid in the market for that reason alone, and uh, absolutely toyed with them. So it was the times tell you we're breaking we're breaking class records all day. We broke a. a, a a track record, Intergazer's 25-year-old record, mind you, although we don't have a lot of 1,800-metre races um, at Rose Hill, but to take half a second off his record, which was done on a, on a, on a, on a good three uh, 25 years ago, you, you have to say it was hard and fast. It was hard and fast, and I've got no issue with that. I'm, it's it's uh, outdoor sport, as we keep saying, and we started off on a four, and it just continued to get a little bit harder. It certainly did. Uh, and for those taking their notes down there in Melbourne, uh, Dino, after those four days of racing uh, on Saturday uh, at Flemington? Oh, they got off the rail the second half of... Uh, probably, yeah, the second half of Saturday. Uh, but the track was between a four and a three. It, it, it raced, uh, I think, very, very well, considering 
first two days, uh, it got a lot of wear and tear. Uh, Dave, I've got a question from a, uh, a, a Twitter uh, here. John's Brackets. Yep. Uh, if you could ask Munsey, WTF is happening with tab fixed prices again. Well, for you, John, I'll give you the official uh, notification that I got at 7.33 this morning. Customers are unable to place fixed odds bets in all jurisdictions via all selling channels. Due to a database mismatch error identified between the fixed odds host databases on Sunday the 6th of November, a non-twilight end of day was required. These activities are progressing, however, as expected. Start of day has been delayed and expected to complete shortly. And the next update, which was at uh, uh, 8.01, the... Uh, the start of day is progressing and is now being completed and all betting is available via selection channels. Some delays in data replication may be experienced while <laughs> synchronisation completes across all selling channels. <laughs> so if you'd like to get on that uh, text message uh, uh, stream, uh, feel free. Okay. Hey, WTF. WTF, yes. yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's a wrestling sort of foundation, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, it has yeah. to be, surely. Yeah. Uh, let's get uh, some horses to follow, gents, and then we will uh, wrap up the show. Uh, we'll start with you, Duff. What are we following this week? Yeah, more or less uh, outside of I Am Me, who I, I was really taken with. I, I think she can go on. Um, just a couple of benchmark highway horses. She, Super Extreme was very good in the highway, uh, running into a lot of dead ends and had a bit to offer. And I think a ton of grit out of the last... He, he was... He, he, he ran in a race. He couldn't win first up the Silver Eagle. He was much better there on Saturday, and I still, th- I still think he's got a bit of upside for these benchmark races over the summer months. But I am me, super extreme, ton of grit. Um, a bit of pro- and I'll, I'll go to you. Um, uh, firstly, Dino, or next, Dino. Uh, a horse of Henry Dwyer's called Woods, uh, second run in Australia from New Zealand, was very impressive at Geelong Cup Day. Ran well again on. Saturday, there's a 2,000 metre race on Ballarat Cup Day. Uh, he could go very close to winning that on his home track. King's Consort again. I ho- highlighted him off uh, the Red Anchor Stakes at Mooney Valley. Uh, he's ticking over beautifully for the Sandown Guineas. And Lem Picker, a mayor of King Keyses and Casey Keyses, just hope she comes back half a grade. She's going really well. She just needs a bit of a class drop, uh, Lem Picker. All right, fantastic. And Glenn, your horses to follow? Uh, I'm going to stick with Summer Loving out of the um, the Golden Gift, Dave. Uh, first run, uh, it'll be interesting to see how it comes on from that first run there. And I'm getting wide the next two. Steinem, uh, I'm, I'm glad Dean uh, backed me up there with an improved effort on Saturday. She is one of mine. I've been following her for quite a while. And the other one is Outback Gladiator. Came through the Little Dance on Melbourne Cup Day. Now, when it goes back to Brisbane, it's only a Class 3 benchmark 62 horse in Brisbane. And once he steps out back over 2,200, the best staying form in Brisbane at the moment is the Odira form, which he's got. Even Red Wave came out and won another 78 on Saturday. He's, he's, uh, he's a good bet in a, in a distance race in Brisbane. All right. Boys, it's 9.57, even though J-Mac didn't get that uh, elusive uh, Group 1 on the weekend. Um, without giving anything away, he might, his life might have just changed this morning, boys. Oh, it's so off a we'll, day early. We're supposed to be tomorrow. We, we'll, mm. wait, we'll wait and see. I'm sure there, everything will be an announcement, but I think his life's just changed uh, forever with a little Miss filly. Back has arrived. With a little filly, boys. So anyway, we'll yes. wait and see how it all unfolds. But that's... Uh, 
That's great news. Uh, gentlemen, have a wonderful week ahead and uh, enjoy. Hunter Week, enjoy. What have we got down there in Melbourne? Is it Sandown this week? Um, no, no, we're at Cramben Cup. Cramben Cup. Cramben uh, Cup. Yeah, the Apache Cat Cramben Cup. Uh, it, look, it should be a good meeting. Uh, it looks as though uh, the, they've programmed it well, so hopefully that uh, goes off well in the Ballarat Cup the following week. Fantastic. And then, and then, then Sandown. Sandown in, yeah. Looking forward to it. Gents, have a great week and enjoy. See you guys, Thank you, Dave. Fantastic.